Hello everyone and welcome to episode 30 of EV Brief, your weekly news brief on electric vehicles, sustainable transport and renewable energy from Australia and around the world. I'm your host Jonathan and on this show, Hyundai unveils its eGMP platform destined to be the underpinnings for its future EVs, BMW announces a shift in its manufacturing towards low emission and electric vehicles, Volvo sets a target of 2030 for the company's sales to be zero emissions exclusively, Mercedes-Benz outlines its EV model rollout for the next few years, more electric buses are planned for Australia, this time in the nation's capital Canberra, and New York is set to receive a massive new battery for storage. These stories and more on EV Brief this week. Designed exclusively for electric vehicles, Hyundai's eGMP platform architecture marks an engineering step change from the company. With the uh, current range of EVs based on platforms designed for internal combustion engines, the eGMP platform provides increased development flexibility, powerful driving performance, increased driving range, strength and safety features, and more interior space for occupants and luggage, according to the company. During an online digital discovery event, Albert Bierman, President and Head of R&D Division for Hyundai Motor Group, stated, Today our front-wheel-driven Hyundai and Kia BEVs are already among the most efficient ones in their segments. With our rear-wheel-driven based eGMP platform, we are extending our technological leadership into segments where customers demand excellent driving dynamics and outstanding efficiency. According to Hyundai, eGMP reduces complexity through modularization and standardization, allowing rapid and flexible development of products which can be used across most vehicle segments such as sedans, SUVs and CUVs. Now, Hyundai claims that future vehicles based on this platform architecture can provide range of over 500 kilometers on a full charge (WLTP) and also be charged up to 80% within 18 minutes through high-speed DC charging. The platform will be based on an 800-volt system architecture, which also allows 400-volt charging. The company claims a world first for this multi-charging system, which operates the motor and the inverter to boost 400 to 800 volts for stable charging compatibility. Hyundai plans to showcase their flexible charging system through its integrated charging control unit, ICCU. This unit allows bi-directional charging and enables a new vehicle to load function up to 3.5 kilowatts, which can additionally discharge energy from the vehicle battery without additional components. Hyundai claims this allows any BEV based on the eGMP platform to operate other electric machinery, charge another EV or operate, quote, a mid-sized air conditioner unit and a 55-inch television for up to 24 hours. Moving over to Volvo and CEO of Volvo Cars, Hocken Samuelson, has called on the rest of the industry to embrace the full electrification of their model ranges. Speaking at the Financial Times' Future of the Car Digital Conference, Samuelson said, quote, The more you hold open the alternatives, the slower it will go, referring to the future of electrification. He added, Once you have electric cars in the showroom, a lot of people will go for the new technology. If we don't sell electric cars, nobody will invest in charging. In our view, the car industry will become electric, and the clearer that signal is, the faster it will go. Now, Samuelson equates the move to electrification as one that is similar to Volvo's safety push in the 70s and 80s. He noted that once regulation for seatbelts and vehicle safety standards were enacted across the globe, greater safety and mobility were achieved by car makers, and that Volvo will be, quote, very careful at delivering only electric engines before anyone legally requires it. 
Volvo already offers the fully electric XC40 recharge, as well as a number of plug-in hybrid variants of other models. The company is investing close to 70 million euro to allow for in-house electric motor production at its Skovde Sweden plant. Earlier in 2020, Volvo opened a new electric motor lab in Shanghai, in addition to battery labs also in China and Gothenburg, Sweden. I think in Swedish that's Jutebori, but if someone wants to correct me, please feel free. But anyway, I digress. Volvo also has a battery assembly line under construction in Ghent, Belgium. And all Volvo and Polestar vehicles are based on either Geely's scalable platform architecture or compact modular architecture, which was originally designed for internal combustion drivetrains, meaning that there are some residual packaging constraints when building EVs on these respective platforms. Parent company Geely has deals with LG Chem and CATL to supply battery cells through to at least 2027. BMW is ramping up its electromobility manufacturing, retooling existing plants and building new manufacturing facilities. According to AssemblyMag, BMW is building a flagship electric vehicle assembly facility in Munich on the site of an existing engine plant. Milan Nedelkovic, member of the board of management responsible for production at BMW, stated, quote, Future assembly and production processes will be designed for a new cluster architecture geared towards electric drivetrains. Nadelkovic goes on to state that the new electric vehicle architecture will be in use from the mid-2020s and that all BMW staff will receive intensive training. The i4 and iX SUVs will begin production in 2021 at facilities in Munich and Dingolfing respectively. BMW's facility at Dadong, China has already begun production of the iX3, a small crossover based on the X3. We can now expect fully electric 5 and 7 series too, also from 2021, along with a new X1 electric variant in 2022. BMW is also expanding the Leipzig and Regensburg plants to include battery module assembly capacity there. Heading west to Stuttgart now, and Mercedes-Benz's EQS electric SUV will be produced in Zindelfingen from early 2021, while the less expensive EQA and EQB models will be produced at the Rastatt and Ketzkemet Hungary plants respectively. We can expect the world premiere of the EQA on January 20, 2021, according to Mercedes-Benz. Fast forward to the second half of next year and Mercedes-Benz states that the EQE business sedan will begin production at the Bremen plant, as well as in Beijing for the Chinese domestic market only. Continuing the Germans' fondness for manufacturing SUVs in the United States, the EQE and EQS SUV variants will be manufactured at the brand's Tuscaloosa, Alabama plant. Mercedes-Benz has today announced its ambition to fully electrify the entire product portfolio by 2039 as part of a plan to achieve CO2 neutrality, and this includes the rollout of eight all-electric Mercedes EQ models from 2022, built on dedicated electric architecture. The first mass-market battery electric vehicle from Stuttgart, the Mercedes EQC, has been available around the world since 2019 and is based on the pre-existing GLC SUV platform. According to Mercedes, a total of eight EQ electric vehicles will be produced at seven locations on three continents by 2022. Battery development, manufacture and supply will obviously be a critical part of this uh, increase in BEVs, and Mercedes-Benz plans to increase investment in the energy side of manufacturing alongside battery specialists.
Mercedes-Benz and BAIC have jointly set up a battery production plant at the existing location in the Yijuang Industrial Park in Beijing for vehicles sold in the domestic market. In addition to two battery plants in Commence, already producing battery systems for Mercedes-Benz, the company plans a future battery plant at the Zindelfingen site, increasing the capacity that's already available from the nearby Unterturkheim plants in preparation for locally built electric models. Furthermore, Mercedes-Benz is upgrading the Yevor Poland plant, currently manufacturing packs for plug-in hybrid variants of the CE and S classes to include battery systems for upcoming EQ models, as well as planning a battery facility in the vicinity of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Over to buses, and on the back of Sydney announcing 50 electric buses to come online in Q1 2021, Australia's capital city Canberra has committed to 90 electric buses this week, moving away from its fleet of diesel and natural gas vehicles. The Australian Capital Territory's Government Transport Minister Chris Steele says the government is inviting proposals from a range of potential service providers with a plan to create a whole ecosystem based around zero emissions transport. Working with bus manufacturers, charging infrastructure providers and the construction industry, the ACT government has an opportunity to design an innovative charging maintenance and support system for its next generation public transport system. The ACT government is the first state or territory in Australia to be powered by 100% renewables and is the first to be implementing a fully-fledged zero-emissions transition plan, incorporating support for clean transportation, both public and private. Over to renewables news, or rather the antithesis of uh, renewables, coal. And in Western Australia, a coal-fired power station that also happens to be Australia's newest has had its asset value written down to zero, nine years after Japanese firms Sumitomo and Kansai purchased the Blue Water Power Station for an estimated $1.2 billion. The 434-megawatt Blue Water Station was completed in 2009, and according to a report from the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis, Sumitomo has reported a 26 billion yen or 251 million US dollar loss on its investment. According to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, Simon Nicholas, an energy finance analyst at the IEEFA, said the decision was important in a global context because it highlighted the extraordinary changes underway in energy. Nicholas said, quote, From being considered a laggard on coal policy, the Japanese government has quickly taken the initiative on policy which has left Sumitomo and its coal projects behind. Now, the Japanese government has committed to shut down approximately 100 inefficient coal plants by 2030 and has also committed to a net zero by 2050 target. As recently as September this year, Sumitomo and Kanzai were unable to refinance loans on the Blue Water plant, with three of Australia's big four banks supporting a transition to a net zero economy and removing any investments in thermal coal from their portfolios. There is also a lot of pressure globally from foreign banks and international wealth funds to restrict investments in the thermal coal sector. Aside from the environmental effects of burning coal, PV Magazine reports that Blue Water is not only losing money, but is having difficulties getting its hands on coal to burn. Griffin Coal is the power station's sole supplier and has been losing money over the last 12 months to the tune of $6 million Australian per month. With plentiful renewables coming on stream in Australia in record numbers, renewables are pretty much cheaper than coal and gas now and are helping to push down power prices in Australia, according to a recent report from the Australian Energy Market Commission. All these signs point to more coal plants facing early retirement over the next three to five years.
And finally, Green Tech Media reports that New York utility Con Edison has signed a 100 megawatt or 400 megawatt hour battery project deal with 174 Power Global to build the lithium ion battery in Astoria, Queens, on the site of a former power station. 174 Power Global is part of the Korean-based Hanwha Group and works across utility, commercial and retail sectors to install solar and battery systems across the United States. This is a big announcement. The largest battery currently in operation in the state is the 4.8 megawatt gateway centre battery built by Enelex in Brooklyn. This new battery in Queens will be serving the wholesale energy operating capacity and reserves of the state grid. New York, and in particular the five boroughs of New York City, consume a huge amount of electricity and there is a significant supply-demand imbalance in one of the most congested electricity markets in the country. Now, The Indian Point nuclear power station is scheduled to close by 2025 and New York State has set a target of 9 gigawatts of offshore wind power and 1,500 megawatts of storage by 2025. This new battery in Queens uh, should assist in balancing a grid distance for a greater percentage of renewables in the future, instead of focusing on short-term profitability. Energy Storage Director at Wood Mackenzie Daniel Finn Foley said in relation to this project, quote, Wholesale market revenue today may not be enough for a storage system like this to pencil out, but like planting an orchard, it's an investment in the future. Thanks for tuning in this week and for bearing with me with all the hard-to-pronounce place names this week. Please subscribe and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform if you enjoyed the show and check out evbrief.com for all the latest EV news content, including updates regarding state EV taxes in Australia. Now, if you don't catch me before Christmas, I want to wish each of you a very uh, happy but safe holidays this year. Many of us around the world are either unable to visit family or have family visit them at this difficult time. And the best thing we can do for the community is to stay put and wear masks if we have to go out. Thanks very much for your support in 2020. My name's Jonathan and this is EV Brief. 